This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, you old boot. Hi. <laughs> got it first. Got him. Got him. been calling me an old boot. I have. This is our podcast, Suggestible. Hello. I suggest that face app that makes you look old. So you look at it and you go, oh, God. Don't. It's like looking into your future. It it's is awful. It's terrifying. Because you know what I think it is? What? It's like we're all going to die. It's like a reminder of, of that. Correct. It's like this is you one day. Like this is all a facade, yeah, what you look I like now. I don't think that human beings should be able to look into their future old selves. I think it's really bad for us. I think it's doing something to your psyche. Mm. Anyway, I'm Claire Totti and you're James Clement. And I this am. is Suggestible Pod. And we do what on this show, James? We suggest things, a couple of things each. Could be a book, could be a movie, could be an app. Staring you in your own, into your own inevitable mortality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're just a pair of old boots, both of us. We're both old boots, <laughs> aren't we, Claire? It's so fun to say. You're an old boot. You're an old boot. I love it. I think it's because we did that podcast book cheat this week and they were talking about fishing and pulling up old boots. Oh, yeah, boots. we did do book cheat. People should check we that did. out. We did. The Dave Old Man Warnick and the is, Sea. Yeah, that's right. That's a good recommendation. Way. Suggestible, whatever this is called. It is. We'll link that below. Correct. Yeah. Well, you got in sneakily fast with your recommendation of the face app. But still. That wasn't a real recommendation. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen's first. Okay, Go I on. Real shoot. One. Okay. Your old boot. I fi- <laughs> I finally, got him. I finally got around to watching Rocket Man. Ooh. Uh, which has been out for ages, but it's not doing very well, like financially, which is a shame because it's much better than Bohemian you Rhapsody. Really, you look like you feel really sad about that. Well, you know what? Elton John has everyone's money, so it's fine. He'll be <laughs> fine. It's fine. But, uh,. It's it's fun. I talked a little bit about this on the Weekly Planet, but it's the same director as, well, not sort. It's sort of the same director as Bohemian Rhapsody because the director of Bohemian Rhapsody, Brian Singer, who's the worst, he he left and for various reasons, personal and professional. Also, he's a terrible person and probably a sex criminal, a sex pest. So yeah, that seems to be a very common recurring thing. Oh yeah, it's it's half of Hollywood and maybe the world even it seems. Yeah, the world's a fun place to be. So Dexter Fletcher stepped in as a director. Who I you like might, his name. Do you remember P- Press Gang? The show Press Gang? Nah. Okay, never mind. Uh, do you Dexter rem- Fletcher. Dexter, Fle- Dexter Fletcher. Do you remember me and you seeing him in a market in London in 2008? <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I don't have a memory for a lot of things. Also, I don't. Actually, I have a vague recollection. It was at Notting Hill. Something like that. Yeah, because yeah. that was the only market we went to in London. Okay, then yes, it was. And I vaguely remember you having a brain melt. Yeah, because it's Dexter Fletcher, and actor and director. A- yeah. Anyway, he directed Rocket Man as well. So he came mm. in and finished off Bohemian Rhapsody and then he did this movie. And this movie is oh, you've seen it as well, haven't you? Correct. Yeah, so it's less kind of and then this happened and then this it's happened. It's less and like then a biopic. Yeah, like because the they kind of play fast and loose with the music at different times. So they're not they're not tied into well, he wrote this song at this time and he only met this person at this time, so they had to have <laughs> and he, he didn't even know this song because this song came out three years after. There's none of that, so you don't need to worry about it. It's just it's kind of a it's kind of him doing a loose retelling. It's yeah. Taron uh, Egerton, who people would know from Egerton, Egerton? I can't remember. Egerton. He's from the Kingsman movies. Uh, he's also in that movie where him and Hugh Jackman go skiing together and he jumps real far. Eddie the Eagle. Oh, I love 
Stephen the fantastic. Eagle. That is a great yeah, suggestion. Really You're film. getting a lot in. You're three. Thank you. So but uh, so he plays Elton John. He doesn't really look like Elton John. Uh, but except for the balding, they do that well. They do that. Oh, there's so many great balding. He's got a series of balding <laughs> wigs, and that's the thing about this movie because it was supposed to be made in like the early 2000s. Elton John. Uh, been kind of been pushing it because it's get his it done. concept, right? He yeah. is the driver behind. I believe how he so, wants to do and it. they wanted to do it as kind of a PG kind of thing, and but but it's it's R rated. When uh, I think Alton John said something like, "Cause there was nothing about my life was PG," because it's got you know it covers a lot of drug use and gay sex and things like that, and nothing nothing like incredibly graphic. You know no, I mean? no, and that kind of I guess yeah. it's R rated for the drug use because to me I feel like the sex scenes. It's it pretty was, tame. Yeah. It's very tame. Mm. I mean, I guess obviously the way that they depict them because they are gay sex scenes yeah. between two blokes, but I didn't think they were R rated. No. I think there's a lot more explicit stuff. If you want more happens. explicit gay sex stuff about <laughs> a closeted uh, music professional, you can watch that Liberace movie with Michael Douglas and his terrible manager. They all have terrible. They managers. all have terrible managers. It's like that um, Netflix doco about Amy Winehouse. Called yeah, I gotta Amy, watch that. Yeah. That I'm sneaking in another one. Suggestible. That is just so hard. Heartbreaking, yeah. and it really shines a light on how much the music industry, and I'm assuming other industries as well, just use up creatives yes. and spit them out at the Absolutely. other end. Absolutely, they just ring them out like he's doing six yeah. shows a week. Like and... there's horrible, like kind of guys in there who, and mainly men actually, who are all about mm. the money, yeah, and just pushing them to do things. That so don't Amy Winehouse's dad was big driving force as well behind her. He was, yeah. But it wasn't her. just him. No, it wasn't. Yeah, him. it was sort of the, her record label and her management. Mm. Everyone, like there's a story in that doco where she is so strung out on drugs that she's passed out in her flat, but they need her to go over to Europe to do this massive festival. And so what they do is they don't wake they can't revive her, so they just put her on a private jet yeah, completely mm. out to it and then put her on a stage. And the footage of watching her stumble around that stage, because they were making money out of her image being this kind of yes. drugged out sort of mess. Yeah, they killed her, definitely. Yeah. And, but I also think it was the public... Because the public perception at the time was like, ah, oh, she's some, you know, this, look at Amy Winehouse, Party, what's she up coke, to now? Sniffing, and, whatever. And, and she died inevitably, obviously. Of an overdose. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, maybe we shouldn't have just kind of made light of this whole yeah. situation. And, and laughed at yeah. her. And, and because it, it became so much more about her as an image, which is, I guess, what is in Elton John in the Rocket yeah. Man show, that he's so much about this stage image and persona. Yeah. And he's so much larger than life that you forget that he's actually a human being. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, look, at, and it, it is it is kind of warts at all. And even things like, like you mentioned, the hair, like the hair loss is like a not a big part of it. But <laughs> You're it's, obsessed with the hair no, loss. No, well, I just, but I just think you don't really, because he's a, he's, a, he's a vain man, you know yeah, what I mean, in real yeah. life, you know what I mean? Because he, he's had hair plugs and wigs and whatever. Yeah, But yeah. They, they chronicle kind of that. And I think that's unusual. Like you don't really see some, especially someone who's the driving creative force and go, no, nah, put all the hair loss stuff in and. And whatever, and you know, and put and, and and how people call me ugly and and all those kind of stuff, and yeah, and but I, there's a few things I really liked about it as well, like his relationship with his writing partner, who was oh, that's um, beautiful. the guy, the Billy Elliot guy. I yeah, kid. he's not he's a kid. He's a he's, he's a, a very much a grown man. man but but I, Billy Elliot's a great dude. Yeah, and they have a fascinating kind of um, relationship, and how one of them bears the brunt of the public persona and being out and John, the other one's writing the lyrics and you know getting a lot of the money, but. But not, not the fame. Not the fame. He, so he, and can he walk lives down on a street. ranch, right? I, I don't you have see, no idea. It, you yeah. get the idea that he's this very steady, calm yeah. guy. And uh, you talked about that scene where he, um, Elton John, comes out to him basically and says yeah. he's gay. And the guy's just like, 
all right. Like it's yeah, yeah. Like really chilled out about which was that obviously. Thing. I mean, I don't know whether that exactly happened, but he obviously knew and didn't care because yeah. they're, they're still friends. But the way the way they handle stuff because he he gets married and I think he's actually been married a couple of times. But they show one in this um, to a woman, I should say. He's also married to a man at the moment. At, at Correct. The, currently, now, the yeah, he's very happy he's, in, yeah, in the yeah, relationship. They've but, got a couple of kids, but is um they the way that they show the breakdown of that relationship is they get married and then they kind of wake up together in separate rooms and then the next day they're at the kitchen table together and he's just and they just sort of start like silently crying and he's like I'm sorry and that's it because she knows that he's gay and he knows that she knows and there's not really you don't need people throwing plates of food at each other and do you know what I mean it's just yeah, kind of done yeah. really quietly and 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 quickly and, and respectfully of yeah her, and respectfully exactly yeah because yeah, he speaks well of her like today. Um, you know, after you watch these things, you, you look up a lot of like, how much of this is true and what's, who's this person and what do they look like now? How much is he anyway, I've talked for too long, but, yeah, but yeah, people have. should it's see Rocket Man. Um, it's still in theatres, but uh, probably not for long, but you yeah. can probably wait. It, it's just such a great reminder of and how brilliant the well, music yeah. is. Oh, I mean, I felt like that after the Queen movie as well. I went back and listened yeah, to Yeah, undoubtably that is the best part of that movie. <laughs> and the performance yeah. is good, yeah. But just the, and also the costumes, oh mm. my goodness. They do, they basically create all of Elton John's costumes Costumes, yeah. recreate them, and when you go and Google the originals, they're identical, and yeah. they're just bloody incredible, like yeah. giant glittery wings and crazy helmets, and yeah. he comes out as the queen at one point. Yes. It's just this whole area that I never really saw as a kid. I yeah. didn't grow up with his music. My parents are really into classical music, so it's this kind of great look at And it was, it was also like the Elton John that we had growing up was like the 90s Lion King, uh, Candle in the Wind Elton John. Correct. It wasn't this Elton John. No. You know, and exactly. it was interesting even things like they talk about how he was responsible for like four or five percent of record sales in the world at the time. And that is like, you can't even, like, you know he's big, which has kind of surprised me why this movie didn't hasn't been doing better. I guess maybe the Bohemian Rhapsody kind of took the wind out of this and because it's R-rated, you know, you can't take, can't, you can't take you, anybody. You wouldn't really take yeah, Or it might put off it. a person going to it. Maybe yeah. like if you're, a, you know, a, a grandma or whatever, go to a... Yeah, quite. Really and you well. sort of worried about how explicit it might yeah, be. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's what it is too. But it, it, it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, it's incredible. You're right, and to see that type of Elton John and just the scale of the ro- the record sales. Yeah. Whoa, so insane. Yeah. And then the idea that his writing partner has written some of the most iconic lyrics of all time. I still don't know who he is or no, what he looks like. I googled him, but even then, if he walked What's in the room name? now, I can't remember. Okay. You should Google that. Uh, I'll Google it while you, okay. do your, while you do your next All right. Okay. That. Here yeah. I go. Benny Torpin. Sorry. Well, Bernie Torpin? Torpin. Yeah. So All right. Know. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Sorry. Keep going. He's got a, like, I can't even, that name is like Teflon. It doesn't stick in my head. It really Bernie Torpin. Yeah. Tor- okay. Good on you, Bernie. Torpin. Good lyrics. Yes. Your song. What's your favorite Elton John song? Your song. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Love mm. it. Excellent. Also, the Saturday Night song. That's a great song. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Anyway, Catherine Ryan, the comedian, I really loved her Netflix special, Glitter Room. I mean, I liked the other one as well. She sort of is really surprising. She looks a bit like Taylor Swift. She kind of comes out, uh, she's Canadian. She comes out in like gorgeous kind of blonde hair, beautiful clothes, but she's a single mum and really like darkly funny, self-deprecating, but also not, like quite kind of confident in the way that she talks about her life and her choices. She has a hilarious bit about kind of, you know, those intense mums at school, which I really loved. And the way she describes this mum who's like hounding her, who's like the head of the like parent committee and wants her to bake all these baked stuff and everything. She describes her husband as the colour of ham. (laughs) He's always (laughs) in a bike helmet. Ham coloured bike bike rider. And I just love that idea. For some reason, that made me laugh so much. Yeah, it just like really describe people in their mid, like middle age. It's really people. funny. It yeah. kind of, I, I kind of I only played it because I saw you you'd watched it because I saw it in the yeah whatever watch again. And I'm like, hey, I'll check this out because I watched a bit of Aziz Ansari's new one. Um. I'm like, oh, this ain't much. But that Catherine, oh, that, I've never done that set of it before. That was a great one. Yeah, you know, we've seen we saw him in concert like a few years back. But this this new one is just like it feels very forced and just it's also not very funny. Anyway, Catherine Ryan though. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Really funny. I loved the way she talked about it. she grew up in Canada, yeah. but kind of the arse end of Canada. Yeah. So her hometown sounds terrible. She talks about her sister, who's this Canadian hippie who lives in the motions and like <laughs> sews her own clothes and knits her, knits her own undies or something and has a moon cup. And, you know, just yeah. I love that. And then her younger sister and her relationship with her and then her parents and it's just a really like great look at what it means to be a woman, I think, in your 30s as yeah. well and be a single parent. And you talked about the discrepancies between a, a, being a single parent as a, as a man or a woman because there is, there is a difference because there is that kind of eligibility factor of like a single man who's, who's doing it by himself with his oh, kids or whatever. There's definitely that element. Yeah. But, but it's not so much the reverse. It's um, it's kind of expected or like, oh, that poor woman. It's oh, that ew. Of... oh, not even that. It's more like, ooh, she couldn't keep on to her partner. Mm. Like often that's actually the reaction. It's not even pity. It's yeah, like right. she she failed somehow because yeah. she ended up pregnant and alone. Whether or not it's because her marriage failed. And often if marriages fail, often it tends to be this judgment. And I think sometimes it's other women that do this, like, judgment around how why that marriage failed or whatever. Yeah. Well, I feel like I get kudos for things that you that uh, you don't. Like I uh, like when I take him to like the cafe which you know which I do quite often. Yeah. Like cuz we'll he's get, your we'll son. Yeah, he's my son. They're like, "Oh, you're looking after him today." And I'm like, "Yeah, cuz he's my fucking son." Yeah. Cuz I live with him, I see him every day. Yeah. <laughs> and you get literally I I watch. Does you... anyone ever say to you, "Oh, you're looking after your son today?" No, yeah. Of course they Bloody don't. And you know, like, you'll go up to the shops and go shopping and I see people's faces like, oh, what a good dad. And then the, the or. If Maybe it's just because I'm around during the day because, you know, I work from no, home. No, it's but... a genuine thing. Also, women love to see blokes with kids, like looking after kids and babies. Oh, mate, it's such a like a thing for women massively. Whereas I don't think the same thing for blokes necessarily see a woman with three kids and go, oh, well, there's a bit of all right. You know, I don't think it's definitely a double standard. And she talks a lot about that. I also really love the the way she described how she's decided that she's just taken herself off the dating scene because she loves men, but she doesn't like them in her house. Yes. (laughs) And I just thought that was really funny. Anyway, highly recommend Catherine Ryan, Glitter Room on Netflix. You turned it off though before the... Hamilton bit. Yeah, you warned Hamilton. me. Thank like, Spoils Hamilton. I, I, know, I know you want to say it. Yes. I, I think it's probably the weakest bit of the show as well. Oh, I, I don't, okay. yeah. But Which, that, 
Yeah. That being said, it's it feels like a story that didn't happen, which I yeah. But it's okay. great. It's really good. Yeah, and, and in I, trouble is her first t- run. Which okay, is I haven't seen that. I should watch that. Yeah, one. you should watch that. All right, moving along. How much time we got? We got plenty of time. It's fifteen minutes. Go awesome. go go. Okay, uh, this is an old book that I. It's, it's one of my favourites, but I thought I'd bring it back because because I'm such a good dad. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading Fantastic Mr. Fox to our son at the moment because um. By Roald Dahl. Right, by Roald Dahl because we're kind of we're. I thought maybe he's ready for like a slightly not longer, more novelized kind of Chapter book, one. which he sort of is. He, he really enjoys it. Yeah. Which is, and he's got pictures, I guess it, it helps. But it, um, look, Roald Dahl may be anti-Semitic. That's, that's entirely possible. Do go on to an episode about him and like there's, there's some definite gray area. But, you know, he's, he's, he's from a different era. He's a, he's a war veteran. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, he used to write from his house. Yes. Um, not wow. his house. <laughs> With a pen I mean, and all. No, I mean, he had, and he like had a, ideas <laughs> and he would think of those ideas and he would use a typewriter <laughs> to bring them to life and then he'd send those words to a publisher. All right, all right. I do have two fun rolled out facts before Then you they'd going. bind them Shut in a up. book. <laughs> Shut up, you old boot. Hey. hey, it's so fun. It works on so many levels. It's affectionate and insulting. Anyway, Roald Dahl had a little shack out the back and he had this very specific way of writing in this big chair that he would kind of enclose himself in with like all these like fluffy yeah. blankets and a special table and he would always write with grey lead pen. I don't know why I'm pencil. Not grey lead pen, grey lead pencil. And the other thing I find interesting about Roald Dahl is that he would carry a book with him everywhere. Mm. And the idea for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, ostensibly one of his most famous books, just came about because he was driving and the idea popped into his head. So he pulled the car over and wrote one line, a little boy grows up in a chocolate factory okay. in this book. And then he came back to it like a year, a year later or so and started to write the story. And I just love that idea that he was just walking around a bit like if you've ever read the BFG, kind of like collecting dreams, the way yeah, right, collecting yeah. ideas and storing them. It's so, such I a better – Mason actually does a similar thing with the things that he's – like he carries an actual notebook. Um, I think I should do that because I just write notes in my phone. I look back and I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like serendipitous and then it says like four to seven. And I'm like, what, is, what does that <laughs> yeah, mean? That was a, that, that is, was... that, is that a food I'm supposed to buy? We had a pad of sticky notes in our bedroom and there's just something like that written down, like yeah. serendipity and yeah. lots of numbers. Yeah. And I asked you, I'm like, what actually is not a password. I don't know. But One anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, an the, man. The, the book I'm recommending is Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Just kidding, that book sucks. That's, a... That's the worst book. Anyway. I'm not a fan of either, no, a huge fan of either of those books. No, come on, okay. get snapping, uh, Miss Fantastic The Mr. Wonderful Fox. Story of Henry Sugar. And the reason I like this book, it's it's a collection of short stories, but one of them, I think the first one in it is, well, and it's called this. The, the book is called that, and there's a collection of short, short stories, and one of the short stories is also called The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. But basically it's about a man, like a rich man who, who has everything, and he's, and he's at a house party and in a mansion, and he's bored, so he kind of he wanders the library, and he kind of wants for nothing, but he kind of also has nothing, and he picks a book off a shelf, and then it's, a, it's kind of a book within a book because it's a handwritten notebook about a man who learns uh, through, uh, through meditation to... To, to perform tricks, things like he could cover his eyes, but he could still see. So like he could completely, you know, and they talk about how they wrap his head up and he can still ride a bike around and whatever. So he reads this book and it, and it, and then he thinks, well, okay, I'm going to give this, give this a go. So he trains himself to, to see through playing cards uh, so he can make more money. So it takes, so he doesn't go out for like five years. He just sits at home and, and, and stares into a flame and meditates until he can look through playing cards. So then by the time it's done, he goes out to the casino and he wins a bunch of money. But then he's kind of like, what am I 
doing? Like through this meditation and introspectiveness over years, he's realized that, you know, he's kind of, he has no, he has this great power, but he's got no purpose it for it. It sounds just like you, Mrs. Sunday Movies, staring into your laptop for five years. Five years. And they'd been like, maybe I should steal from a casino. <laughs> Yeah. So then what he ends up doing, and I am spoiling it, so skip ahead if you want, but he uses his abilities to go around the world and win money and then give them to charity. And that's kind of the, the, and so it's this, it's this incredible book. And I've always loved it since I was a kid. And it just reminded me of, um, yeah, I think it's a good life lesson and it's a good kind of, I know, it's just a good fun kind of tale. And it's a book within a book as well. Yeah, you love, love books of short stories. I do. And actually I do too because it's snappy. You can yeah. read one, you can dip in and out, and sometimes you might not come back to it for ages, but if it's short, then you've read a complete story in one setting. Yes. So you don't do that thing where sometimes with books, if I put it down for too long, I can't remember where I started from and I get confused with the characters. I have a suggestible too, moving right along. Okay, get on okay. ready. We've got, we're in 19 minutes. I, I love that book. I'm going to read Henry Sugar You've read again. that before, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've recommended it to me sporadically over, like, the many years that I've known you. Yes. I love it. It's great. I've got a book, too. Um, It's called Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. Have you heard of Maria Semple? I've not. Okay. So she's actually a TV writer, Um, and she wrote on Saturday Night Live. She wrote Mad About You with the wonderful Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. That's Is that a, how we say right, it? Yeah. I love that TV show, by the way, the 90s. Brilliant. Never really Loved saw it. it. But it's in oh, the Seinfeld what? universe. Yeah. Oh, is it in yeah, the same yeah. universe? Absolutely. And I think Phoebe from Friends is in it. Yeah, because Ursula is in it, Phoebe's sister or something. Yeah, so is it in the know. same universe as yeah, Friends? I guess anyway, so. it's set in New York. Anyway, that's not what I'm recommending. So she was a writer on that. She also wrote for Beverly Hills 90210 for Arrested Development, which I know is one of your favourite shows, for Ellen and also Suddenly Susan. Do you remember Suddenly Susan? I remember Susan? Suddenly Susan. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah, so she's a TV writer. Um, and she became a she's novelist. Been around a while then. Yeah, yeah, she's been around a while. She's in her fifties, fifty-five. But she also wrote a really famous book called, well, famous around Seattle called "Where Do You Go, Bernadette?" And it's all about how much she hates Seattle. And it's still one of the top-selling books in Seattle, even though she just rips Seattle to shreds in it. So she's very kind of funny. Anyway, the book I'm recommending today will be different. Is one of my favorites. It's set over just one day. And the protagonist, Eleanor, is um, an animator who wrote who wrote like a children's TV series that became really famous and since then she's done nothing much else. She's trying to write a graphic memoir about um, the Flood Girls who were like historically in her family. But really she's a screwball with a soul who's trying to make her life work and live her best life in inverted commas and it just all goes completely Is she a likeable protagonist? She's very likeable. Mm. Yeah, she's very likeable and her life kind of spins out of control. At the start of the book, is she trying to, she late for work and she's hopping around an apartment trying to put her boots on and then she falls over and then she runs into work with the coffee and everyone's already in the meeting and they're like, you're late, Catherine, whatever your name is. <laughs> what are you doing? Catherine can never get it together, can she? No, I want to read you just the opening line. Can All I right. read you the opening line of the book? Because it's so funny. So I just want to read it to you because it jumps straight in. Here we go. Okay. Because the other way wasn't working, the waking up just to get the day over with until it was time for bed, the grinding it out was a disgrace, an affront to the honour and long shot of being alive at all, the ghost walking, the short tempered distraction, the hurried fog, all of this I'm just assuming because I have no idea how I come across. My consciousness is that underground like a toad in winter. The leaving the world a worse place just by being in it, the blindness to the destruction in my wake, the Mr. Magoo. If I'm forced to be honest, here's an account of how I left the world last week. Worse, worse, better, worse, same, 
worse, same. Yeah, and it's so great because you kind of just leap into it. She jumps off the page. She's got this really kind of gorgeous son, Timby, uh, who she drops at school. Then he calls him. Sick. Her? No, that's how it's. No. <laughs> anyway, and he's very kind of like calm and genuine and flat to her like crazy manicness. Mm. She's a bit menopausal and a bit like all over the place, but she has a really kind of sharp sort of critique of the Seattle, like, because she's quite wealthy. So it's sort of like a sharp look at like the wealthy ridiculousness of people and the yoga pant wearing, you know, mums with their coffee cups. and Those losers. No, not just that. It is. And her husband, she suspects is having an affair and it kind of just tumbles along in this ridiculous way and then jumps into the past. She has a crazy sister who lives in New Orleans and it jumps a little bit into her world. But it's just a rollicking good time and it's all set over one day. And it's just, there's a lot of very funny lines. It's an easy read, not too long. Did you just start this like between last week and this week? So you No, I've read this. This is one I've read previously. But I jumped back into it because sometimes I just like to jump back into it because it makes me giggle. Because it's that whole idea really of, you know, that starting your day, always thinking that it's going to be better than the mm. day before. And I mean, you don't, I don't know if you can relate and it to never this. never is. Yeah, it's always, well, it's just like with all the good intentions that you have set up and it doesn't, it, it all just kind of comes tumbling down into a bowl of ice cream watching Netflix at 9 p.m. Sure. <laughs> and the morning starts off with you thinking that you'll go for a run at 5 a.m. or something. I never, I'm never under any illusions of any of that stuff. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, you completely let any of that go. Yeah. I reckon. I have a rough idea of what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Because I, and you get it all. No, I up. just set my expectations were low. That's why. You just know it's you're going to be it's a not real me. grumpy son it's of a not me ticking, goal, ticking off goals all day and it's no. No. You see, was I am a goal writer. And I know you person. are. You're, the night before you're like, I think I'm going to go to the gym at 5.30. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, good luck. All right. You'd never, you've never gone. I know, never. So I guess my the whole point, as I've gotten older, I've set my expectations for myself lower. So I just think, not lower, it's realistic. You don't have to get up at 5.30. That's insane. <laughs> you don't have to get up at 5.30 either, so why would you? That's it doesn't make any true. sense. Yeah. I don't get why people are like, you should start your day early. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> get up when you have to get up. That's you a... do that. You get up at like 9.30. Yeah, I've always got up at like the last second yeah, that I, I know. need to be when up. When you had to be at work at like 8 o'clock or yeah. whatever, you would literally have 15 minutes. You would like get up, step into your pads, eat bit, eating your cereal as you I'm walk ready, out the door. I'm ready, man. I need a bit of time to, nah. re- to enter into the world. That, my night time is that. So that's oh, when yeah. I unwind. So if, I, if I'm getting up at 5.30, that means I'm going to bed at 9 and that's not happening. No. Ever. No, because you come alive. I do, We went yeah. to a Christmas in July over the weekend and it was like midnight, 1am by the time we like left and you were just the chattiest you've ever been. I talk to you more and get more out of you at 1am. That's true. Than any other time of day. It's very odd. Yeah. And you don't drink caffeine or anything. It's like your brain comes like... Don't I drink caffeine? Into no? life. Oh, not oh, at night. Oh, now you're coke no, not, not at night. Not at night. I don't. Poison. To be fair. Oh, okay. Well, um, we're at 26 minutes. We don't have long to go. So, James, we've got some what recommendations else? from people who have written in. Uh, Ooh, people can okay. write into su- at suggestible pod on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. This is from uh, Brad. He says, "Hey guys, uh, we are reading the wonderful Frankie Fish book." 
uh, books by PJ Hallier, Peter Hallier, hey. uh, with my six-year-old daughter. Chapters of the perfect length for bedtime and a fun, entertaining read. So there you go. He's a uh, local comedian. Who works with TV Dave Warnicky from Book Channel That's on the right. Project. That's right, exactly, yeah. All right, I have another recommendation called Last Breath. It's a doco. It's from Sam Francis W on Twitter. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, and it's a doco about saturation divers off the Scottish coast. What's a saturation diver? So I'm pretty sure, because I haven't watched it yet, but it's, you know, I think you're diving without any equipment. So you dive like so you're swimming. right down. It. <laughs> it's a doco about swimming. No, you dive down to like a certain amount of oxygen saturation and the human body can cope at that level. I think that's what saturation diving Deep is. Deep sea diving in which divers' bloodstream is saturated with helium or other uh, suitable gas at the pressure of the surrounding water so that decompression time afterwards is independent of the duration of the dive. I had no idea what that means. They use, they use tanks. Okay, that's, sounds that's... dangerous though. Sounds easy. Well, anyway, it's called The Last Breath. So thanks, Sam, for that reco. And just quickly as well, I don't know if anyone listened to the episode last week where I was trying to figure out what that movie was with Claudia Carvin, but Jack, so Free Will and Jack Kemper on Instagram sent me a message and said it's called Dating the Enemy. Oh, it is it's called Dating the Enemy. It's a film from 1996. And he really loved correct. it and really helped him in his life. So thank you so much, Jack, for sending that in. We really appreciate it and we really appreciate you. Me? Well, not you specifically. Thanks, Jack. Jack. Oh. We have still got two more minutes. Oh, God. I know. I have a couple other recommendations. Uh, Sneaky ones. We can just end it. We don't no, have to. No, no. I can't sneak it I gotta, in. Because i got to read a review. Oh, and you're so busy. Oh, you got to read reviews. Well, i got one. All right. Okay. Let me do a quick recommendation. No, no, no. Okay. One is for an album by Frank Sinatra called In the Wee Small Hours. Have you heard of it, James? I've heard of his terrible movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You've watched a thousand of them for Caravan and I've Garbage. I've watched two. And All right. They're both anyway. the worst movie for different All right. Reasons. Okay. Well, this isn't a movie. This is something else called Music, James. And I happen to really love jazz and blues and swing and those kind of things. And this album is one of my favorites. It's a concept album. So it was back in the 1950s when they didn't really have concept albums very often. And this was an album that he created after he broke up with Ava Gardner famously. And so the whole album is kind of like bittersweet and about loneliness and sadness, but it's just really all encompassing. And if you're sitting at home on a rainy day and you feel like kind of listening to something moody and bluesy, it's just a really great album. It's really cool. One of my favourite songs on it is I Get Along Without You Very Well and Mood Indigo. And Ooh. Nina Simone, who is another one of my favourite singers, has done a cover of I Get Along Without You Very Well, which is also brilliant. So I recommend those two. Excellent. I mean, I know they're very famous singers, but that particular, that particular album ask, yeah. is not quite as well known. Mm. I'm glad Frank Sinatra is dead. Okay. This is from... <laughs> You're a bloody, not a very I wake nice up every person. day and I'm like, thank God Frank Sinatra. <laughs> is, is Today will not be different because Frank Sinatra yeah, is dead. That's right. Oh, he was old. No, bo- 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 I know. Bo- 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 was, what was that? Wasn't bo- bo- that the other one? Wasn't that Bing? Oh, yeah, that was Bing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just hate him because I hate his movies that I've watched. And then <laughs> Those movies are terrible. So terrible. Okay, we're at 30 Okay, minutes. sorry. Uh, thank you. for. If you want to review the show, you can just do it on your app. Go for it. Give it a bloody five stars if you like. We appreciate oh, it. Right, bloody right appreciate it. Right Help us up on the, the charts wazzy. and all that. Uh, this is from Fisto5 says, the cool chemistry between these co-hosts. Uh, sorry. The cool chemistry these co-hosts have is so chill, plus the weird Australian humor vibe. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Also oh, great suggestions, that. yeah. Thanks, mate. Mm. Mm-mm, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That's the <laughs> thing we say on the weekly planet. <laughs> oh. 
I really yeah. enjoy. Oh yeah, Mason always loves. Mason to go, says chef's mm. kiss, and I say a chef's kiss. You say that's, that's <laughs> what happens. There. That's, yeah, clearly yeah. I don't listen to. We're your back show next enough. week after we've seen the new Lion King, I guess. Not the venue. Just, I'm going to hate it so much. I cannot muster the enthusiasm to go to the theater to see it. I know because I hate CGI animals. I famously hate them. I hate but them. You so hate much. talking CGI animals. Correct. I hate yeah. talking CGI animals. Yeah. I didn't mind the tiger in Life of Pi. But it doesn't yeah, it didn't talk. talk. It wasn't like, hello, Brendan. Is that the kid's name on the boat? I don't remember. I don't Brendan, we're stuck on this boat together. <laughs> it's remarkably similar to the old man in the sea, actually. No. <laughs> no, it's not. The young man and the tiger. Yeah. Anywho, that's it from us. Follow us at Suggestible Pod on Instagram and Twitters. Uh, you're at Mr. Sunday Movies and what's, on your, Twitter. Qu- what's, your, what's your bloody and Instagram? And then on Instagram, I'm at Claire Twenty. I should change it, but probably won't. I like to be there. I don't, I'm not on Twitter very often. And also, I have another podcast called Just Make the Thing if you want to check that right. out. You're Mr. Sunday Movies yep. on, in, on YouTube and all the platforms that's and right. on the Weekly Planet. That's right. Our Comic Con episode of this weekend. You'll be fine. You just have an also a live show as well. Mm. How did you? Why? Why did you do that to yourself? I checked with you. I'm I said stupid. what dates? Because I'm we stupid, do? Claire. Is that what you want? Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> Every <right>. goddamn <laughs> minute of the day. All right. I'll, uh, okay. Oh so, yeah. Thanks for calling for editing yeah, this thanks, episode. Good man. Okay. Goodbye. Bye, you old boot. You're a fucking old boot. Don't swear. <laughs> Jeez. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.